The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Andrew Gross, breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 3.37 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger sitting in Jalen's chair today. Andrew and Jalen, of course, in Mexico, enjoying their time in the Mayan Rivera. Uh, lots of fun with 6.30 Chet listeners. Uh, looks like they're having fun in the sun. I was looking at some of their uh, tweets earlier, so they are having a good time. Good to be with you. Um, in this half hour, we want to talk to the newly appointed research chair of North America's first masculinity studies program, a masculine studies program at the University of Calgary. Yes, a brand new thing. Michael Keeler is the uh, research chair, and he joins us this afternoon. Michael, thanks for making time for us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I guess the first question, Michael, is uh, why masculine studies? Uh, well, actually, this came about uh, thanks to the Silver Gummy Foundation, which is an organization invested in issues of gender and equity. And so as a donor uh, towards the University of Calgary, the, the Workland School of Education, they were invested in examining issues around masculinities, around um, violence uh, against women and so this really was the core of it all and so the Workland School of Education uh, did a international search and uh, around masculinity studies in education specifically and uh, now has uh, granted me the position as the uh, chair in masculinity studies in education at the Workland School. So why do you think we need something like this? What's the what's the value here? Well, the, the, the something is, is actually this position that they've uh, taken to the forward lead in creating, uh, and it's to engage in a conversation around uh, boys, men, education, and how uh, teacher education can be the conduit for helping us to rethink what masculinity is and what it means to be a man. So uh, why do we need this? Uh, I think that we've had a long history, a long narrative, really, of um, very traditional notions of masculinity. And, and given our current um, context in Canada and in North America, I think we, um, this really reflects on the need to re-examine masculinity, and masculinity plural in, in terms of the different kinds of masculinities that we see in our day-to-day lives. So that's, that's the crux of the reason behind creating this position and engaging the general public and working with agencies to really think hard about what kinds of masculinities and how does education um, help inform uh, in thinking about what it means to be a boy and a man in schools and outside of school, too. Hmm. So you use the phrase, you know, traditional notions of masculinity. I wonder if you could just unpack that for us a little bit. What do you see as uh, some of those traditional notions of masculinities? And then I guess, uh, you know, what out of those notions might be worth keeping and what might we, what, what would you like to see us discard? Sure. Uh, traditional notions of masculinity are very uh, standard, typical ones. Uh, boys, uh, the idea that boys should be aggressive um, or are stereotypically aggressive, that it's very natural for boys to be that way. Uh, the idea that uh, boys don't read, that boys 
uh, don't enjoy school. Um, the idea that boys, uh, all boys like phys ed or physical health and education and are sporty and that's a very natural thing. So those are some of the very typical ideas that get connected to being a boy or being a man. Um, and, and of course, there's, I mean, many other, you can talk about boys uh, shouldn't be emotional and boys shouldn't show their sensitivities or show vulnerabilities. Um, in terms of how do we or what do we think about, again, like to should be different, I think we can keep some of those, but I think what my research is showing is that we really need to acknowledge that not all boys uh, behave and think the same way about, for example, reading. And so there are many boys who are invested in school or invested in being readers and are passionate about it, but they will get bullied and they will get put down as less than a boy um, because they read. Or um, So that's one example. Another example is uh, I've done a national study where some boys enjoy phys ed and want to go in and uh, become become uh, athletic and they want to uh, be concerned about nutrition. However, there are other more dominant, aggressive boys in those spaces who uh, put down those boys and will, in a sense, bully them because they don't throw the ball in this, the right way or they mm. don't show the same kind of passion. So they get marginalized uh, boys start to, some boys start withdraw from phys ed because they don't feel they fit in those spaces and that the more dominant, abled bodies, muscular body boys uh, take up those spaces. So, so boys, this has a long-term impact on their uh, healthy life practices when they start to withdraw from phys ed, for example. Hmm. Now, some people who are listening are going, to, are going to say, you know, you kind of broke down some of the traditional notions there, and and uh, I guess that there is the debate about what's nature, what's nurture. You know, how how much are you born that way, and how much are you? Uh, does your environment determine what you turn out to be? And I'll pick on this one because it kind of describes me. I, I do enjoy reading, and with a few exceptions, uh, I liked school. Um, so maybe I don't fit the category of a you know traditional boy or traditional man in, in that area at least and i recognize that there's a you know a good a good segment of my friends who don't uh enjoy enjoy reading um is that is, is, is but if you but if you look at at men broadly um doesn't that fairly i guess does that fairly accurately describe who they are or is it just that's the way that they're taught they should be so that then they end up that way it's, it's largely uh, my research showing i mean Excuse me. It largely goes back to how we're taught, and it's hmm. beliefs and set of understandings about masculinity and North American masculinity, for example, where where boys are discouraged from, for example, speaking openly about how they're feeling or expressing emotions or being good listeners in the classroom. Uh, we're we're taught that boys should be competitive, and and when I say we're taught this, um, what I'm suggesting is that we're all taught that all boys are the same and so for those boys who don't reflect those characters or reflect characteristics or reflect those attitudes or behaviors then they're the ones that um, some boys will look at them as being less than a boy and they'll start um, pushing them to the side and and making them feel inadequate as Hmm. boys 
Now, I'm sure you're aware of this and probably you've already experienced it so much, but you're saying, uh, you know, men don't like to talk about their feelings and uh, so that's what they that's what men learn and so that's what they pass on to their, their sons or, you know, other boys that they have influence over. And there are going to be some men who are listening and they're going to say, well, yeah, no, I don't like to talk about my feelings. He's right, and it's nobody's fault. I just don't. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm sh- like, so basically, you're asking men to kind of take your word for it that this is what the research really shows. That no, 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 it's uh, it's the way you were raised. It's not really you. Yeah, I, I'm, hmm. I'm. I mean, the research is is there, and the research shows that there's many differences between and among boys and men. That some men will say that I. I do not want to share my emotions. What my research has shown, and and national, international research has shown, that there are men who will subscribe to that set of beliefs and understandings. But there's many more who, given the choice and given the support within schools and within their families and in different workspaces, will engage in alternative ways of being boys, um, where we validate uh, listening, for example, among boys, then. Boys are going to be more inclined to develop good listening skills. They won't be so uh, intent on speaking over top of other students, both boys and girls. And that leads into developing a sense of respect for other individuals and developing respect for, respect for girls. And, and uh, you know, again, with the, the listening, um, this is about developing a healthy relationship. Hmm. All right, we need to take a quick, quick pause here. We're speaking with Michael Keeler, uh, Research Chair of Masculine Studies at the University of Calgary, brand new program, uh, first in North America. We'll take a quick pause, continue our conversation uh, about uh, boys will be boys, what it means to be a man in 2018 here on 630 Ched. Brand new Masculine Studies program at the University of Calgary. Michael Keeler is the research chair uh, of that program. Uh, Michael, you had a, a masculinity expert uh, from England speak last night, the first lecture here in it's part of this program. Uh, who came and what did you talk about? Uh, we had Dr. Chris Haywood come from uh, Newcastle University. And Chris was our um, first speaker of a series of four who will be coming internationally over the next four months. And Chris's focus was on talking about the complex ways in which men um, think about romance, men think about sexualities, they think about pleasure, and the spaces in which men project their masculinities and what they're seeking uh, in terms of uh, framing themselves, naming themselves as heterosexual, uh, and how pleasure plays into uh, relationships. Hmm. Interesting. And what else is on the docket with the other three speakers? What kind of topics are you looking at? We, we um, coming up in the next month, and it's March first. We have Andrea, Dr. Andrea Whaling, and she's coming from La Trobe University in Australia, and she's talking about uh, adolescent boys, young men and the ways in which uh, social media is being used. Specifically, she uh, has done some research around the use of uh, circulating dick pics, uh, as they are called, uh, and to to emphasize one's heterosexuality. Hmm. Uh, And oftentimes, I I know in my own case, my uh, daughter, who is 16 years old, uh, and we were in Ontario before here, and uh, there was a circulation of dick pics among 
uh, school uh, young men that she knew. And so this is a very timely uh, conversation that will be coming up in March. Following that, we have uh, Dr. Joseph Nelson, and he's coming from Swarthmore College in the U.S., and he's talking about issues that intersect with African-American masculinities and struggles in school and how we can be responsive to racialized masculinities. And then we have Dr. Uh, Jan Ingvar Kjeren. He's coming from Iceland, and he's going to be speaking oh. about um, legend, gay, bi, transgendered uh, masculinities and the ways in which we think about masculinities and boys in uh, the school, high school context, secondary school context in Iceland. Now, probably impossible to talk, talk about masculinities these days without talking about uh, pornography. What effect does that have on how men see themselves and how they well, act, I, I, I think, suppose? I, I think you're, you're right. I mean, um, we really need to, and, and I haven't done research around pornography, okay. but that becomes, it becomes a venue through which um, boys uh, define um, Sexualities. It's, a, it's an area around which heterosexualities emerge and, and boys start to locate themselves in terms of thinking about women and the relationship to women and the um, sexualization and uh, objectification of women. So I think it's incredibly important that we, I mean, there is research going on around pornography, um, but our speakers that we have coming up, um, aren't doing research in that area specifically, though. Okay. wanted to ask you about this. Uh, we talked earlier about traditional notions of masculinity and how, uh, you know, we kind of talk about boys are expected to be aggressive. Uh, there's kind of that boys will be boys mantra. Uh, they like sports and phys ed, that sort of a stuff. Um, so maybe that's, you could say that's the, the negative side of the traditional notion. But uh, on the other hand, Bill in Slave Lake raises an interesting point here on our text line about maybe a more positive notion, if you could say that, about uh, traditional notions of masculinity. He says, does your guest or his research cover the topic of chivalry then and now? Uh, not specifically chivalry, but uh, along the lines of positive notions of masculinity, what I am saying is that um, there are uh, men who take responsibility and who, for example, in relationships are respectful um, and and caring and reflect a whole host of uh, characteristics and attitudes that I think your your um, your guest would say on the other end would say that that's uh, chivalrous and that's respectful and those are very positive and what our research is showing and what we want to acknowledge is that it's okay to to have these attitudes when they respect others and and other boys mm. and girls and so that's what we're really trying to get at is the notion that there's great difference among boys and not all boys uh, should be put into these boxes and these categories that are restrictive and very very limiting to how boys think about being boys and young men. It's, it's an interesting topic because you hear, you hear sometimes, you know, maybe older men say uh, uh, they'll, they might criticize, you know, an equal rights movement and say, you know, well, if you want men to also be gentlemen at the same time, you can't have it both ways. Um, but at the same time, I kind of wonder if you compared... Uh, the older generation of men who maybe grew up with the positives and the negatives of the traditional notion of masculinity, and the younger generation who has grown up more in that awareness of equal rights, 
does that younger generation, uh, do they do younger men know how to be gentlemen? Do they still give up their seat on the bus or hold open the door? Or is that just as uh, outdated as, as some of the other stuff? Well, it, you know, to be honest, uh, the idea is uh, about um, acknowledging how boys uh, think about their own masculinity and, and the reasons for which they think that they need oh. to hold the door open and the reasons for which they think that they um, need to take control. And so the research that I do and, and within masculinity studies would question and raise uh, more critical insight into why do they think, why do boys subscribe to those very uh, standard notions that, oh, I must hold the door open. Um, does it say something about their ideas in terms of femininities? And do they not hmm. um, think that women are capable on different levels? And, and do, do young men and boys think that I need to take control, I need to uh, protect women. So this is, a, this is a conversation about how boys not only think about themselves and their own masculinities, but how they think about femininities and how they um, hold on to notions of what women are able to do and how they think that women aren't able to do certain things. So this, the whole area of masculinity studies uh, grounds itself alongside with feminist research, and uh, we actually position ourselves as allies to feminists. Hmm. So that's that's why gender is a relational concept. It's you can't talk about boys and masculinities without thinking about girls and women and multiple femininities as well. Uh, I wonder, just before we let you go here, uh, Michael, if you can kind of give us your prediction of where masculinity goes from here. Uh, it was pretty easy to define maybe what a, what a man was 30, 50 years ago. It's a bit more of a, you, you know, you say it's a, it's a relational concept now. What does it look like uh, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? And maybe give me your optimistic view and also your pessimistic one. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I uh, think that we are at the, the point in which gender relations uh, between boys and men, uh, boys and girls and, and uh, women, um, is at a turning point. It has the, the possibility to be redefined when men are engaged in the conversation and, and are not fearful of rethinking how they project themselves as men to other people. And so I, I think this is a really positive point. Uh, and with the research professorship, which I've assumed here, I'm interested in really reaching out to different agencies and to uh, work with schools, uh, the Calgary Board of Education, for example, and to, to really sort of help uh, educators and agencies to think about what can we do to move the agenda forward so that we work respectfully, that we live respectfully, boys and girls, men and women, and um, are, are moving the dialogue along and not hanging on to very stereotypical ways and, and ones that, are, quite frankly, are grounded in sort of a sex-based argument. Hmm. Interesting conversation. Thanks a lot for your time today, Michael. Well, thank you for having me on. That's uh, Michael Keeler, uh, Research Chair of North America's first Masculine Studies program at the University of Calgary. Just had their first guest lecture last night. Let me know what you think. 630-630 if you want to send me a text. What does it mean to be a man in 2018? Is it is it changing for the better? 
Are we finally getting rid of those traditional, outdated notions of masculinity, what it means to be a man? What's it mean to be a man in 2018? And how do you teach your boys to grow up to be that kind of man? All right, it's time for uh, the news. We'll be back with more after 4. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.